When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. I saw improvement in quite a few areas. We had the one, you know, we busted the coverage on the one, but, uh, you know, the, the one curl that they caught, we were in, in zone coverage. Uh, and actually, he did a nice job on that, but um, got beat on a stop nine one time, I think. And uh, other than that, I saw some improvement technically. And really, with the, with all the corners, I saw improvement last night in the secondary. We got got to continue to get better at that in that area, but uh, there was improvement and some to build up. That was Mike Zimmer the other day on his conference call talking about Xavier Rhodes and the uh, improved in his mind passing defense, though I don't think that too many people would agree after the other night. Uh, But something went under the radar that I want to start the show with, with Alex Boone, former Minnesota Viking. What is going on, Alex? You. Um, I'm great. It is a beautiful day. And I'm also next week when it's going to be zero here going to be in California Thursday and Friday, so that's nice for me. And then, you know, cover the Chargers game on Sunday. So, yeah, that's good. Just looking at the weather report today, feeling pretty decent about that decision to go out there a couple days early. But anyway, so Zimmer has talked a lot about a lot of things involving Xavier Rhodes. And, of course, all week it's the conversation. He gives up a 60-yard touchdown. I don't care if it's coverage bust or not. He looked like he couldn't catch up because he wasn't fast enough. And we have broken this down from every angle. And I wrote about it today at scorenorth.com. Zimmer's loyalty to his guys and that he's basically going to ride or die with his guys. He brings back Anthony Barr and they overpay for him. But that's Zimmer's guy. So he wants him here. Now he wants um, Everson Griffin back. And that's worked out great. They want uh, Kyle Rudolph back. And that's worked out really well. And But on the other side of it, the Xavier Rhodes thing has not worked out well. But in his comments yesterday, he said that he felt like the defense panicked at the end of that game against Seattle or in the third quarter when everything fell apart and felt like guys started to um, go rogue a little bit, if you will. I just mean trying to make plays that they usually wouldn't because the game is starting to slip away and things like that. And I found that to be interesting, Alex, because... This is not a defense of new guys or young players. It's a veteran Mike Zimmer defense that's been good for a really long time. And it struck me as odd to hear him say the word panic when it came to this defense and these guys. And 
I know this is taking me a while to get to my point here, yeah. but but <laughs> don't worry, we've got two hours. Don't worry, Terrence, we got a lot of time. Guys. Terrence We're Newman's going to join me. I, I, I'll get Can't to this. Wait. I'll get oh. to this. So he uses the word panic. Okay. Xavier Rhodes yesterday apologizes to the media for melting down, Fair. and I'm just finding it odd, Alex, that a team that's been together for so long and that has had a lot of success on the defensive side is having these things said about it. And I think that as we go along the stretch here into the playoffs, this is a team that feels a ton of pressure, and that is going to make it harder on them. What do you think of that? I agree. I agree. And I think that it's going to make it harder now because the defense is the biggest glaring problem. Like before it was like, God, they just can't run the ball. Or when they do run the ball, it's not efficient. Or, I mean, that was the narrative when I was there. When we ran the ball, it wasn't efficient. And it Mm -hmm. never was because it wasn't good running. Like it was just like three yards and that was it. And you're like, dude, we just never do it. And eventually they figured it out with Dalvin and this offensive line and how to get him the ball. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, Zim, now what's going on? Like, dude, this is like taking everybody by storm like wait a minute no no no. this is a Mike Zimmer defense you don't Mm -hmm. understand they'll fix it and and I do think a lot of people are hitting the panic button but for good reason because teams have separated themselves right now in this league we can see the really good teams from the really crappy teams and all of a sudden you played a really good team and they kind of just ran it down your throat and gave you a dose of very simple football and it was like wow that was probably not what a lot of people expected is that really how easy it can be and it's going to be tested from here on out because people are going to say, hey, listen, if they can do it, we can do it. We just got to put our head down and run. Like, that's it. I was thinking in my mind, Alex, about just teams recently that got to the same point as where the Vikings are now. And you started to feel it slipping away. And you felt like if they don't do it at this moment, then it's going to be over. And I was thinking about like even the Los Angeles Chargers last year when they went to New England and New England handed the ball off 15 times in a row or something. Yeah, and it was just was crazy. first down, first down, first down. Remember I'm sure the linebackers were like holding their shoulders. Yes, running up the field. Yes. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the Patriots doing this. My God. Uh, I was thinking of linemen around the world like yourself, Alex. Yeah, I loved just it. Enjoying loved the it. heck out of that. And I'm sure you did the other night with Seattle in the way that they won that game. Um, but there was a feeling in watching that game like this is probably it. This was probably their chance. This was Philip Rivers playing really good for the last time, and I don't see it happening again. And here we are with that team at 4-8, and eight, and I know that's the next opponent. But there's a number of teams who have gone through this. When Matt Ryan in the playoffs rolled out to win a game against Philadelphia. He throws it to Julio Jones, and Julio mistimes the jump, and it oh, goes yeah, incomplete. Oh, yeah. I had the same feeling. Not that it yeah. was over, not that they could never be competitive again, but, oh, they you know what? They lost their gusto. Yeah. yeah, that was probably your shot. And you yep. could go almost franchise to franchise when you knew it was over. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, when they lost uh, their six foot seven offensive lineman, then you knew Thank it was you. over. Um, but, you know, all, the, all these teams that don't have... The Drew Brees and Tom Brady, basically, right, right. go through these cyclical things. And I don't think it's over for the Vikings if they don't win the Super Bowl this year. But it does feel like if you don't live up to expectations, are you going to be able to repeat this offense? Uh, are, are there going to be coaching changes? Is Stefanski right. going to leave? And all these things. And I look at this team on the defensive side and say, this is a team that knows this is kind of it. I don't know if they know that it's it, but I understand like hitting the panic button. I understand being in a tough situation. 
losing your running back, and all of a sudden this team is just kind of making play after play, and your offense can't keep up with them, and and your defense is the side that's regarded as like the elite side. Like this is the side that keeps this team afloat. Well, now it's the offense that's having to come back down seventeen points and be like, hey, listen, we'll carry you for a little bit, like. I think the whole defense was just taken off by guard. Like, I'm like, what, what is going on right now? This is not happening to a bunch of no-name receivers. This can't possibly be. But to say that, I think that a lot of it is we've talked all year about the rules changes. And I think as much as people are like, listen, X is slow, X is whatever. He is still an NFL player. So you have to give him a lot of respect. I think that it's a combination of how the league is going, like, all you physical DBs, I'm sorry, it's over. We want these guys to have their yards. We want it to be the wow factor. We want the games to be 45 to 55. Like That's what people want. So you have to play a different type of football. If you can't adapt, then I'm sorry. You just can't play anymore. And I think that you're seeing that with this. I don't see a guy all of a sudden, and I know it's been a couple years coming, but you see the league kind of getting cracking down on these cornerbacks. And for whatever reason, to not call DPI against Diggs, which was completely crazy to me still, I mean, I just think it's a yeah. combination of maybe he's not the elite player he was, plus the new style of play that they're making. They're forcing these guys to inject. Like, listen, you cannot touch them at all. Like, And it's like, how the hell do I defend then? Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? Just be the guy that rebounds? I don't know. And and I don't disagree with any of that, that when you draft big corners who are going to be physical and then they switch the rules a little bit on you and start putting this huge emphasis on pass interference, that's a change you're going to have to make. Right. I guess what I was thinking about more is Zimmer's panic comment and the mentality of a defense who knows that it's not what it used to be. That you have all these players, and some of them are what they used to be. I right. mean, uh, Harrison Smith is still very good, but Eric, Ken- Eric yeah. Kendricks and Daniil and sure. Everson Griffin, those guys all belong in the Pro Bowl. They are what they used to be, and in some cases, even better. Right. I mean, uh, Daniil Hunter is number one in the entire NFL in pressures, and Eric Kendricks is number two in the NFL uh, by Pro Football Focus's metrics, which you love so much. But he's love played it. that well this right. year and leads the league in pass deflections as a uh, linebacker. So you've got guys who are playing the same way that they've played before, but they also have to have the feeling of this being very different. And I'm maybe trying to think of a, a comparison here where let's say you were the Atlanta Braves when you and I were growing up and they had Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. And then after a while, those guys start to get into their mid thirties and you, yeah. you're saying, well, I, I guess if we're going to win now, we got to get home runs. <laughs> we can't, right. we can't just pitch our way to the NLCS every single year because we're the Atlanta Braves and that adaptation I, has to happen here in in a way that I think that this Vikings defense almost has to recognize who they are now and what they need to do to keep themselves in games like the other night and to not panic and to not have a team run over them or get a 60-yard touchdown pass. They have to be something different than they've always been, and I wonder, Alex, if they can do that. I'm not so sure that they can, and I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying that... We explained on Tuesday about the two different sides. Like Both sides equally made a terrible blown coverage. And who it was, nobody really cares, but it was just terrible. The difference was the reaction on both sides. One was like a total fist fight like we talked about, and one was a bunch of dudes like jumping around, joking, like laughing, like it's totally cool, it won't happen again. Eventually, people start to come down in different ways because, like you said before, the pressure on this team is immense. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we have to go right now. There's no doubt there are guys that are getting older 
you're going to need those guys down the line. So I think that it's the defense turning around going, man, we got some problems in the back end, and then all of a sudden everyone tries to make up for it, right? Everyone tries to do a little too much. Everyone tries to do just a little bit more because maybe we're going to pick up the slack when really all you have to do is your job. And if you just do that, it's enough. You know, guys, they turn around and they start to panic because you go down a couple scores, and you're like, man, is there enough time? I'm not so sure. This guy likes to run the ball down. Like we, he, he could have the ball for 12 minutes, literally. I've seen it. So all of a sudden they start to panic like, hey, maybe we need to you know, pick up the rush or maybe I need to rush or maybe I need to get back faster. When in terms, dude, you don't need to do anything other than what we've been doing. We're fine. We'll get back there. You know, we just kind of slipped a little bit. But people hit the panic button in the game and it just everything explodes. So I guess my question is why that happened then? I mean, Because your observation about the two sidelines is such a good one. When, when you're talking about a team that has Russell Wilson as their quarterback – in Seattle. And if you make a mistake with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, you've always got to feel like, well, <laughs> we're good. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, old Russ. And then Russ has 7,000 cliches for you and then goes right. and scores another touchdown. Uh, let's never mic up him ever again, if we can, <laughs> after that game the other night. But I see, I see two teams, though, that are in the same bucket in the NFC. That, uh, you know, statistically, if you compare them, where they rank in this, where they rank in that, you could make a case for either one of those teams. You could say, well, maybe Seattle has some bad losses on their resume or, or not as great of losses, or maybe, you know, the Vikings haven't beaten anybody, but they kind of reflect each other in, in their total quality or their total chance to win a Super Bowl just based on the skill of the roster. They've got some weaknesses, but they've got great strengths and they've got Pro Bowl players. They've got Clowney. You've got Griffin, all those things. And yet, here's the big difference is one team has a guy throwing his helmet and yelling at his teammates and yelling at his coach and the sideline is kind of freaking out and the other sideline is sort of laughing. And I think that that, it does connect to the quarterback because they have top three in the league, and you don't, honestly. Um, but it also maybe connects to just the coach, too. I mean, is this a Zimmer coached team's thing to feel tight like this? Because I get these tweets all the time, and I've been dismissive of them in the past, but when he said that, I did start to wonder, like, do his teams have this problem? I don't... I think it's a lot of, you know... It's a competitive game, and like I've said before, when you turned around three weeks ago, it looked way different. People weren't on your heels. They weren't behind you like that. Like Things were going smooth. Well, all of a sudden, you hit another speed bump, and we saw a speed bump earlier this year, but we saw a guy on the offensive side go rogue, and now we're seeing a defensive guy go rogue, and now it's kind of like, man, what is going on over there? Because not only that, now you're not probably going to have Thielen again this week. Delvin says he's fine, but I don't believe it. And all of a sudden, everybody on the defense is freaking out. Like It's just... A team that looked maybe three or four weeks ago like, wow, good luck stopping them. All of a sudden they hit a speed bump and they're like, man, they, they just went right back to where they were before. Like, I thought we took steps out of here. So um, I was listening to, I know you're a big fan of Pat McAfee. Uh, I was listening uh-huh. to you know, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts turned punter, media huh? guy. Uh-huh. I know, right? Yeah, a, a punter who could actually tackle. Uh-huh. Um, Incredible. I, I was listening to something that he was saying about Peyton Manning as a leader. And it it really resonated with me that he said that everybody in the locker room as they went along with Manning and they saw his greatness and his excellence and they would win 14 games even if their offensive line wasn't great or even if their defense wasn't perfect. It's like, we got Peyton, we win 14 games. Uh, But he was saying as a leader with Peyton Manning that he related to people really well 
and became friends with a lot of people in the locker room. And his leadership uh, was in, in part driven by that, but also in part driven by he was so excellent that nobody wanted to let him down. That if someone right. made a mistake in a game, they're like, oh man, I just blew this for Peyton, and he's going to get blamed for it, and he's going to have to take the heat for it, but it's really on me. And I'm not trying to say that Kirk is uh, not a leader or something like that. I think the locker room probably does feel that way about Kirk, that they're tired of everyone saying he can't win this and he can't win that, and they feel like they've let him down. But I have wondered over the last two years about... Who in the locker room, who on the Minnesota Vikings is the guy that you sort of are like, man, I don't want to let him down. That's our guy. That's our leader. We know who it was before in Teddy Bridgewater. I, I don't really know who that is now. And I wonder if that's part of why this team does have its panicky moments. Right. Like there's no one to just settle you down that everybody kind of jumps in. And I think that for the defensive side, it would have to be Kendricks. I think that, you know, I was a locker mate of his and talk about one of the sharpest guys between the ears. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's funny, great to be around. In tough times, he was still funny. Like he didn't want to ever lose that around the guys because sometimes when you're being funny and a tough moment happens and you flip over to somebody else, it's like, hey, where do you go? Who is this guy and what the hell is going on? Like, are you guy that hits a panic button? Like, you need to be cool like us. And, and Kendricks was always great. I mean, he was one of those guys. And for me, him not being able to grab the situation is kind of like, man, what is going on there? And I think a lot of it has to do with guys being around saying, hey, we got to pick up some slack. And then they're trying to do too much and things get worse. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what are we doing? What are we trying to fix? What are we trying to solve right now? Because we're trying to solve the pass game. But now all of a sudden the run defense is becoming a problem. And it's like, man. That's what, those are can of worms that you need to keep shut forever. Because of these moments that you referenced, Diggs going rogue, and then the other night with uh, Xavier, it, it has felt like this team always is sort of on the edge. And always. week four really felt like if one more thing goes wrong, they are going to the bottom of the canyon. And it didn't. And they turned it around, and they deserve credit for that. They got a lot of help from the schedule as well. But they did what they were supposed to do. They didn't have any games where they got big upsets or anything right, else like right. that. But this is where I want to tie it into what's going to happen over these next few weeks. Because as we go down the stretch here, it's very, very likely they're going to make the playoffs. Everybody knows that at this point. But you have these games that should keep you up at night because they all scream you can't possibly blow the game against blank can right. you right. and and when i feel on rocky ground about the stability of where the locker room is and where the mentality of the team is that's when i start to wonder oh, okay you guys you guys came together in that denver game but boy if that happens again after this loss in seattle or if yeah. what's going to like the bears are in your head even though they're not even good they're still in your head from what they've done to you three times with kirk cousins and and that's where i'm fascinated to see how this plays out because this team can go one of two directions. Xavier Rhodes can start to pick it up. The defense can rally around him and go into the playoffs feeling like they're playing the best football in the NFL. They have the talent to do that. Or we could be like, you know, David Blau put up 411 yards against you or is that right? I mean, the, I mean I'm glad I, you I, said that. I feel like it can go either way. No, I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm sitting here like, man, if Kenny Galladay goes off this week, what's going to happen next week? Like, I'm with you 100%. These four games, while they're you're like, man, you should win these games, all of them. Like, yes, they're going to be some tough games, the Monday night game. Obviously, it's going to be tough. Bears is going to be tough. But then you're looking at these other two, and you're like, but what if? Mm -hmm. What if for some reason they don't fix this? Like, all of a sudden, what if Bo Scarborough? I know, Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough. What if this, 
What if he gives them a tough day and you're like, wait a minute, no, it's not supposed to be like this. I think the one thing I love about this week is it's at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know how games are way different here. Like that, that stadium is incredible for them. That's their booster. They get that, and then they're going to go to LA, and they're going to kick them in the face, and then they're going to come home and handle business. But they got it. I think this game is bigger than most people think it is. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone here on Purple Daily. Uh, your former sort of locker mate, same side of the former Winter Park. Was that two locker. lockers down? Two lockers like two. down. Yep. You had yeah. uh, Newman and Red Ellison was over there, and then Kendricks and yourself. Um, but great. Uh, Terrence Newman is supposed to join us in about ten minutes here. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit before we get to that, the injury report. We are at that time of the year where the injury report is actually a topic. So how about that? Uh, Delvin Cook is practicing, and he gave us the same stuff as he gave after the game. Like, I'm good, I'm good, there's no problem. I may not be able to lift my arm at all. Don't wave at me, anyone, but I'm good to go. (laughs) Uh, And Adam Thielen did not practice today, still dealing with the hamstring. Zimmer said uh, that... He feels like Thielen is getting closer, but Zimmer always says whoever is out is going to play, and uh, I don't even know what to do with things he says about injuries anymore. And you have Riley Reef out as well. So as we talk about this game, it's at home. It's against a team that you should easily beat, against a quarterback no one's ever heard of. But the injury report is kind of a big deal here, Alex. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, there's only so long you can replace guys who are really big starters. I agree. I don't think the Riley Reef thing scares me as much, but I think that and and Thielen. I mean, you've had him. You've not had him this long. So what's another week? Like you're you haven't you can't incorporate him back into the offense. That's okay. We're going to continue to roll with what we've been doing. The Dalvin Cook one for me is like I can't believe no one's talking about this. Like they're like, yeah, he's fine. I'm like, dude, if he's so fine, why would you risk losing a game if you could go back out there? If you claim you were so good, why didn't you go back out? I've been in those situations where they're like, listen, dude, we could really win this game. Or we could sit you out and not make this any worse than it is. And that's important. And you're like, oh, man, I'm not sure which way. You tell me. You're the doctor. That's the worst. Because then they look at you like, nah, man, you tell me. And you're like, dude, don't put this on me. Like, you told me I tore my shoulder, doc. He's like, yeah, but there's still a little bit hanging on. You could be good. You're like, wow, <laughs> that's messed up, dude. That, but I, that scares me. Because... You're talking about a shoulder with a running back. Like, you can't use your helmet anymore as a weapon. So, if you don't planning on using one of your shoulders, I'm not sure how this is going to go. But I'm kind of curious to see it. And and when they say you can't make it worse, uh, I'm sorry. I, again, I'm I not a doctor that. either. I used to but hate that. I hate it. I bet that. you can't can. make it any worse. You're like, <laughs> what? You is it bad? Uh, you can't make it worse. You're good, dude. You're like what? Uh, and I. We've gotten to the point where you do have to question some of the decisions that have been made over the last few years. And maybe these questionable decisions happen with every team. No doctors could be perfect, so I'm not saying fire everybody over there. It's just that when they have not erred on the side of caution, you end up with Adam Thielen out for the second half of the season, basically. And here they're going to go into this game against a team that I totally believe Alexander Madison and Amir Abdullah and Mike Boone could run on. Yes. And yet they're going to go into it. It appears the way that things are shaping up by practice with Delvin Cook. It's hard for me, too, though, Alex, because... I don't want to say, oh, you don't have to take the uh, Lions seriously. They lose every game by three points. They could make the field goal next time or not have something go wrong. They're they're not a terrible team, and uh, their offense still has a ton of weapons, even if it's David Blau as their starting quarterback. 
Um, wow. So, I, like, I want to take them seriously as an opponent, but also say, if you're going anywhere in the playoffs, you really need this man, and I don't think you can do it without him. Agreed. And I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm not saying that you do need to overlook the Lions. There is nothing about this that says that. I'm just saying exactly what you said. If you really want to go deep into the playoffs, you are going to need that one person right there to scare the life into people because they're going to be like, dude, the whole week, stop Dalvin. If you don't have Dalvin, teams are going to be like, okay, listen, we're just going to play nickel, penny, dime the whole game, whatever they want to do. If Alexander Madison wants to rush for... 85 yards, 95 yards, that's great. As long as it's not Dalvin rushing for 150 and mm-hmm. then doing screen passes for 75, like that changes an entire game. So to me, I don't see Dalvin playing. I know the Lions don't see him playing because they're like, dude, this team's trying to get to the playoffs. They're not trying to be like, hey, let's go out and risk losing our star player for the rest of the year. I wonder how the Lions will adapt from what they did last time. If he does play, I went back and watched the tape again of that first game and the Lions made the same mistake everybody else makes, which is putting in three linebackers and running them right at Delvin Cook. The touchdown that he throws to Thielen where Thielen got hurt, the linebackers might as well be in the parking lot. It's incredible. <laughs> it really it's is. Incredible. It's funny to watch from the big where you can see all 22 players. And, and that's one of the things that I, I want to ask Terrence when he comes on is when you're playing a run-first team like the Vikings right now, does it change your mindset? Because there's so many linebackers now that are just getting smoked on play action. that It's like, dude, you might as well have tried to go get sacked the quarterback. You were so deep in the backfield. I don't know what you thought. I mean, but as a player, you know they're not going to run a weak side zone with six defenders on one side. Like, dude, that's a... You, your offensive coordinator would get fired if he ran that. Why are you all stepping up so far? This makes no sense to me. But then you're like, well, they don't know. They're in the game like, dude, if they hand this ball off to this dude, I'm told to go kill. You know, like it's just yep. and that's what I want to know from Terrence is when you you know, when you're playing a team like that, what's it what goes through your mind? Which will be interesting. And that is who we will talk to next. Terrence Newman. He was a coach last year. He played in that the NFL too. for a thousand years. Forever. Um, so. Love him. Love him. Uh, we will talk to him when we return. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Just a reminder, Score North has already run contests for $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North mobile app available for free in the Apple or Google Play stores. If you missed it just a little bit ago, the Vikings injury report came out. Riley Reef did not practice today due to a concussion. He didn't practice yesterday. Also did not practice Adam Thielen for the second day in a row. Dalvin Cook was a limited participant in practice. That is it for the newsworthy mentions on the injury report. That's been your score North Allen. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar and Alex Boone. And we'll see if we can uh, get a hold of Terrence Newman here and get him on the show. But until then... We have uh, quite the matchup tonight, Alex, between the Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears, two 6-6 six and six teams that feel 
Like very different, don't they? I mean, with they're both disappointing in their record, but with Chicago, it seems that they not only missed their chance last year with a field goal doinking, but yeah. but they also feel in disarray um, toward their future too. Where with Dallas, you might say, "Man, all they have to do is really just tell this coach to go take a hike and maybe hire Ron Rivera or somebody else, and they'll be right back there because Prescott's playing great and they have a ton of talent and they feel like they're in good shape." Chicago, I just don't have that same feeling about because. I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be next year. That could be good for them, though. And, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that goes into these hot routes maybe later in a crazy quarterback. Could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think somebody's going to be like, hey, I got an idea, maybe. Just saying. But I agree with you. And I think that the Ron Rivera firing, I think that shook up a lot of people. And it's kind of like, hey, now Ron's going to be I'm going to be honest with you. I did not plan on that happening at all. Like, the way the season went, I thought they were just going to be like, dude, you lost your quarterback. You know you're not sure what's going on. Your defense is playing really well. Keep your running backs. You know keeping you. They got a young quarterback that's coming along. Like man, you guys really have some nice things. And then all of a sudden you fire the head coach, who's a super defensive minded coach. I mean, it's just that was Jacob. But then all of a sudden you're like, well, Dallas. I mean, Dallas is going to need a coach soon, and they have a defense that's on the rise right now. Why not go get one of the you know someone like that? Do you think that a New coach could take over in the middle of a season and take a team deep in the playoffs. I, I think it, there are probably oh, yeah. very few situations, but this might be one with Dallas. And I, I keep wondering why Alex Jerry Jones has been so committed to this with Dallas. They have enough talent in my mind to be a nine and three team, but you lose to the Jets, the Buffalo game, you really no show. I mean, those things to me point much more toward coaching and then games against Minnesota and New England where it's really coaching that botches it in the game management. Yeah, and, you know, I think when you're looking at a lot of these coaches around the league, I think that the one trend that people really enjoy is the young coach, like the Sean McVay. Like, they want to see – but then all of a sudden you have a guy like Ron Rivera, and I think a lot of times it's because a guy like Ron Rivera is really not on the streets a lot. You know, like you don't see coaches like that, like a a Mike McCarthy. You know, and then then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, why is Mike on the streets? You know, and then people start digging, and it's kind of like, well, what's going on? You know, and you're like, wait a minute. I feel like sometimes when you hear things like that about coaches, you're like, God, I know too much. <laughs> I, should, I should have never heard that. You're like, God, I love that guy. But, like, it's true. People, when they fire their coach, you're like, what's new? What's exciting? What's exhilarating? And that's what's going to go to my next for our hot routes, like our next quarterback going there. I think I have a really good assumption of who their next QB is going to be. But I'm just really, like, Man, this is a trend in the league that people are like, what's new? What's fresh? What's hot? What's exotic? I want it. You know, like a Stefanski. He can do all of this. And if he can do it without Dalvin, oh my God, dude, you'll write your own ticket. So that will be at 3 o'clock that we're going to do hot routes. We're going to get Zolgad in here. It appears that Terrence Newman is golfing and is not coming on the show because he's golfing. He can't, no, can't, no, no, no. We're can't, talking. He's, can't, he's, can't you, like, he's like, how long is it going to take? I go, dude, you can tee off in 10 minutes. I swear. 10 Man. minutes. Typical retired athlete who made a bunch of money, right? Um, didn't didn't want to have those coaching hours last year because he, he was to like, golf. "No, dude, I'm not doing this anymore." He, he probably sat in that room one time, like, "What is going on in here? This is way different than I used to hear." Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, well, well, let me stay on the topic of coaching because uh, someone tweeted me yesterday, and I get this every after every single loss. Um, about Zimmer, where they want to see someone else as the head coach. And 
I always go through this with whoever sends me these tweets or when we used to take calls and people would say, fire Zimmer after every loss, which is natural for football. Fan. Yeah, right. right. You That's want sad. your quarterback gone and you right. want the, the coach let Everybody go. Everybody got to go. Like Everybody, right. yeah. Uh, the, but this is getting interesting with Mike Zimmer, and it relates to Jason Garrett in the fact that he's been around for a very long time. And when you go through the NFL, you've got Belichick, who has Brady, mm-hmm. uh, John Harbaugh, who is reinvigorated by a draft pick that they should have made a hell of a lot earlier, but they still made and, and have played really right with Lamar Jackson. But you hit the coach lottery. I believe yeah. Harbaugh is a great coach. You hit the lottery there. Yep. My, Mike Tomlin doing a tremendous job. Aside from that, Andy Andy Reid, and then there's almost nobody else, Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, who have been around a long time. Do you think that there's something to the worn out, the message, and and things like that? Absolutely. I've I've been a proponent of that. I think that it's it's like any other job. And I I can't stand when they're like... The normal fan will come up to me and they'll be like, how could you get sick of it? I'm like, dude, you ever get sick of your coworker? And then all of a sudden they say something really stupid and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to punch him. And you can punch him because you're at a football facility. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, that's right. I punched you. And then he punches you back. Like, that's how it goes. It happens all the time. The message sometimes gets too watered down. And I think that look back last year. Was it last year or two years ago? Seattle fired all their coaches. Got to go. Clearing of the guard, just everybody's out except for Pete. And it was like, wow, dude. And then all of a sudden Atlanta kind of did that. And they were like, we're firing everybody but the head man. And it was like, wow. So it's just a whole new changing the guard, huh? Yep, that's exactly how it's going to roll. New blood in here, new message, new everything. Same guy up top because we like what he's doing. And you're like, okay. All of a sudden I get it. I see it now. I think that sometimes the message gets lost in the guys. You get around somebody too much. And then again, all of a sudden you know everybody's weaknesses. So you're like, man. We do really have a problem here in this pass defense, and we really got to do something. And everyone's hitting the panic button too soon, and it's like, just stick to what you know. That's how you got there. And it's it's hard when you're in the moment because you do feel the pressure. And you're like, man, if we slip up another another time, man, we could get knocked out of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden we're going to be trying to fight back in and climb back in, and we're in a really good spot right now because I think right now if you, if you go into the playoffs, you're going to Green Bay. And it's like, hey, man. If you got to go play somebody, that's the place you want to go play, and that's the team you want to play because you could really mess them up. And you, they're in your division that you know them. Mm-hmm. You play well against them. Like that's what you want. You don't want to be the team out now and going, "Hey, man, I'm trying to climb back in." That's a tough road to walk. And you shouldn't be intimidated by Lambeau Field at this point, being the Minnesota Vikings, and you go there uh, every single year, and you've won there, and you've lost there, and everything else. So that I agree with you that that is a, a good matchup if it works out for them. On the point of Zimmer. With Ron Rivera being let go, I did think a lot about Zimmer, of someone who is legit a very, very good coach. Oh, yeah. And uh, the the standings will tell you that. When I get Zimmer's overrated and stuff like that, like, let's call up, let's look at the scoreboard here. Right. Let, let, let's see what we got for a win loss record. He is 55, 36, and 1. Let's talk about the quarterback situations. Matt Castle opened uh, his era in 2014, and then he plays with a rookie. And then Teddy Bridgewater plays really well. They go to the playoffs. He gets hurt. And then it's since then, it's just one quarterback after the other. A little stability here. You're 8-4. and four. You're in a position to go to the playoffs. The bigger picture on Zimmer is a lot of success overall. An NFC Championship game. But the bigger picture on Ron Rivera 
is a lot of success, right? right. I mean, right. he had he had gone to the Super Bowl and been that close to winning with Carolina. They had great defenses. They had a franchise quarterback and all those things. And eventually it did get to a point where okay, I think we need to change the direction. I don't think that uh, the Vikings are there unless something goes catas- uh, complete catastrophe. Even if you lose in the first round, I don't think I want to even have that conversation about making a change in head coach. No, and I think that I, I, I think that you're saying that you don't see anything drastic happen, and I'm saying the team's going to see that eventually Stefanski's going to become such a hot commodity that they're like, listen, <laughs> these guys aren't coming around every now and then. They're really sparse coaches that are just like Ron Rivera. We, the people are like, this is incredible. By the time he gets home, he'll have a job. Like that's how good good coaches get found. Stefanski's becoming a real name for himself. Yeah. So I I get like. Hey, listen, we have a really great DC. That's great. But here's the next guy. This is the next wave. This is the future. And technically, we could keep our quarterback in the same offense. Like, we could keep our running back in the same offense. Everything could stay the same for two years in a row. That would be what we really want. And that's that's possible. It's just, it takes a crazy idea. Yeah, it does take a crazy idea. And who did this recently? It was the Bucks a couple of years ago where they decided they really wanted somebody, was it Dirk Cutter, to, to stay? And then he gets the head coaching position. I think that was it. But to me, that's just kind of pie in the sky. More likely than not, they would let Stefanski go somewhere else. And then maybe Gary Kubiak becomes the offensive coordinator. Maybe Gary. Pat... Shermer comes back, and, right? Not bad, not bad idea for Pat Shermer to come back. And I do think that uh, as we go forward, this is a very rocky road, and it speaks to just what Zimmer is up against here and how he handles the end of this season will be really interesting to how I feel about that. It would take, in my mind, a collapse worse than 2016 or worse than what happened in 2003 where they were 6 and 0 and still missed the playoffs this would be even worse if you were 8 and 3 and you end up out of it somehow but i don't see that happening the way the rest of the nfc is so that's what it would take for me to feel differently but in terms of how good we think he is is he in the same echelon of someone like Sean Payton or someone like John Harbaugh nobody's with Belichick but that second no. that second level that's just not Belichick um, I think Zimmer is in that ballpark, but when you have this much pressure facing you and you do have tough games and you do have tough situations, you do have a playoff game that is on the horizon here. If we're talking about defenses panicking again in a loss, I'm going to start to be pretty concerned about how this team has been managed in, in terms of the tough situations throughout his entire tenure. Yeah, and and I think that sometimes... When you see that, and then all of a sudden, all these teams just start firing their coaches. Teams are—they're like, "Hey, you know what? It's now or never, guys. We're gonna either jump ship." And, and I'm telling you, this Ron Rivera thing like took—I maybe like Tuesday, I didn't realize what was going on, but I like sat down and was like, "Ron Rivera, my riverboat, Ron, what? <laughs> my dude got fired during the season? Are you?" I was talking to John, the producer. I was like, "What was worse, Mike McCarthy or Riverboat Ron getting fired?" Like. Two guys that you would consider really, really great coaches. Mm-hmm. That they're just like, hey, man, thanks, but no thanks. There's the door. See you later. You're like, wow, dude, that is crazy. And then all of a sudden, other teams are like, hey, you know what? If they're doing it, why aren't we doing it? If we're not, if we've had a coach, listen, this league is based on productivity. Eventually, you have to win the Super Bowl. You have to be extremely competitive towards the Super Bowl. You have to start making like really tough decisions. Unless you're like Cincinnati, which to me I feel like never makes the right decision. But 
That's them. That's so true. It's true. <laughs> but I always. feel bad because A.J. Green was lost for the whole year on some stupid practice at a high school. Like, talk about a rough luck. Like, mm-hmm. that sucks. But I certainly didn't draft him in my touchdown committee. I no, but you're still that. not doing so good. <laughs> no. Not as bad as you, though. <laughs> Are you ahead of me? I have to mm-hmm. be, dude. Cincinnati hasn't scored a touchdown all year. Are you serious? Oh, that's true. But I also have Patrick Mahomes, and when he came back, he started throwing touchdowns, and you didn't have Breeze for a couple weeks. I don't know. Yeah, when he came back, he started update. throwing touchdowns. I Do we like know on that, Jonathan? Where, what's the standings? I, we're both awful, I think. Give me one second. I'll pull this. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, pull no, pull, pull that up because I think we've uh, we have been updating it. Do you know Declan off off the Declan, top of your head? First. Just why don't you just yell Declan's it to me? in first forty nine touchdowns. Oh, of course he is. Of course. Uh, but your Jordan Howard thing did go bust. Okay. It did. So we were all right Big eventually. <laughs> you looked like you were getting hot. You were all cocky and everything in here. And okay. So uh, say again. Caller, you're, you are tied in fifth with Manny on 36 touchdowns. Not Boone, terrible. you are in seventh at mm. 33 touchdowns. Out of how many? Eight? Uh, there's ten of us in the league. Oh, yes. Seven out of ten. Not not great. That's out of the playoffs. Hey, uh, in every league. playoffs, too. <laughs> right? In, in what? We're counting playoffs. Sure, too, yeah. Right? Why not? I don't know. Well, so whoever we, drafted the Browns team, that, there you go. We did a home run <laughs> league, and we forgot to ever give Seth a prize for winning it. Um, can we talk about the Lions for a sec here? Yes. So is we Matt should. is Matt Patricia in this since we're talking about coaches and things like that? Is he going to be outsees or does he have some sort of excuse for why they have one of the worst defenses in the league and he's the defensive coach? I mean, when you trade a safety like in the middle of the season, everyone's like, okay, I guess I'll see you later. I mean, I think this team is they either have something really big planned on the horizon or they just have no idea what they're doing and they all need to get fired. And it's like, <laughs> man. This could go either could way. Go either way. It really could. <laughs> and you're looking at it now and you go, I kind of see what he's saying. You're right. Either they're planning to do something huge in free agency this offseason and go absolutely wild in the draft and just be like, okay, last year was our year to try and get some good draft picks and do whatever we could, save some money, get some cap, and then all of a sudden they make a huge splash. Or they're just really up there like, hey, what do you guys think about getting rid of our star player? No? Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like that made no sense to me. I was like, "What? What? I don't know." I'm, I'm calling this up right now to make sure that I have this correct uh, in terms of how much the Lions are spending on the defensive side. It's uh, it's a decent amount. Okay, they're about middle of the pack for spending on the defensive side. But this year, um, they went out and they got Justin Coleman. They spent a lot of money for him. They got Trey Flowers, a lot of money. They drafted a linebacker no one had ever heard of at the draft. When you see the draft analysts that spend their entire year, be like. I'm not really sure who this guy is. Do we have video on him? It's like the second round. That's pretty concerning. Um, uh, but you know what? Here's the problem. Nobody checked that dude because they were like, well, he's a Belichick disciple. He must know what mm-hmm. he's doing. Yep. You know what? Shame on all of you. You're not Bill Belichick. What the hell are you doing? Dude, are you for real with this? I get that you might know how to run a cover two defense. My grandmother knows how to run a cover two defense. <laughs> when you draft people that people are like, what the hell is going on right now? Did he just draft a basketball player? Like, what? You can't do Worked that. Worked a couple and, times. Right. You can't do that and have people go, that, that was great. That was a great move right there. I did not see that coming. That doesn't happen. But you, but you spend on the defensive side as the Lions, and you you hire a defensive coach that's supposed to be, like you said, the Belichick disciple. He, I forget what it is. He's an aerospace engineer, so he oh, must be a so genius. Smart. Yeah, look at the pencil in his ear. Oh, my uh, God, the beard. Let me just run down points against. In the NFC North, the Packers have given up 255 
It's kind of a lot. Uh, Vikings, 242. All right. The Bears have a great defense, but their coach is a fool and their quarterback is awful. So 208 points against. That's really good. Uh, the Lions have given up 315 points. It's one of the worst in the entire NFL. Let me pick out the teams in the NFC that are worse. The Giants, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Cardinals. And that is it. The only teams that are worse in the NFC than Matt Patricia's defense and and yet, Alex, it feels like they really turned around their offense and made themselves kind of interesting there. And in one way, I don't feel like they're a bus fire as an organization that they've lost a lot of close games. And if they were able to turn the defense around a bit, that they're a contender in the NFC North again. It's a, an organization in a very weird spot, which might describe Detroit always. Yeah, for sure. But I, I don't. Listen, the whole notion that you lose a game by three points falls on deaf ears with me. That means absolutely nothing. Like, nobody goes back yeah, like, hey, I'm with you that on that. score in 82? What'd they lose by? You're like, no, nah, man, you lost. Who cares? Like, yeah, I just, agree. It, there's so many fluke things that can happen in a game to make a score so much tighter. You're like, wait a minute. Dude, weren't we just destroying this team? How'd they climb back like this? We weren't paying attention. But if you lose all the close games, then you're, you're, still you're, lost. Ba- you're bad you're at something. Still, listen, you're still 3-8-1. and one. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, dude, and having that, like, third number in there is the worst. It totally we is. We tied yes. one year, and it was so embarrassing. Last I, year was obnoxious all year oh, long. Eight, oh seven, God. and one. You're like, oh, really? One? God, I gotta say that? Oh, I feel like an <laughs> idiot. But, it, uh, I mean, I don't get it, because like you said, the offense turns around, the defense takes a huge regression. You're like, wait a minute. Wasn't, wasn't this supposed to all work out to plan? We're gonna get a few Patriots players in here. Things are gonna, like, the whole culture would change. It was like the whole offense changed, but then the defense just completely regressed. And they didn't do anything. And it was like, well, you were supposed to bring life to this and make this exciting. And, you know, when you don't really have a pass rush and you don't have a lot of guys on defense that people are like, man, well, i got to be afraid of that. Like, that, you've taken a lot of the fear out of the game. Dude, I'm, snacks? All right, let's just keep snacks in the whole game, and we'll run play action to see how hard this game you know, really if is. You, if you don't know a player is named Snacks, and you just stopped and said Snacks, <laughs> just picture a visual. Like, what man, are you thinking? Totally agree. Exactly. Like you do. That's dude, what we, we needed here today, Snacks. When we used to play him, we'd be like, "Dude, we're gonna go base, right?" They'd be like, "Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't care." Uh, question for you about the Lions, and I—I I mean this. Like uh, you yes. and I are the same age. Same age. How old will we be when the Lions matter? <laughs> I really mean this because, okay, so they are going through another dopey coach, and it just doesn't seem like that's going to work out. So maybe they'll Don't fire him that. and get somebody He's else. He's a Belichick disciple. Don't I know. He must be a that. genius. He's one, a genius. One of my favorite things ever was Joe Thomas's podcast where he talked about Belichick disciples who coached for the Browns and how they were psychopaths a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> and they would do, play all these mind games and were just ridiculous. Like, hey, maybe it's Brady. Maybe that's why. Um, Maybe. It, it, do you have Brady? No, you have Brandon Whedon. Okay, we're all good there. Um, so <laughs> I, I am not. I'm not even entirely kidding. I'm like mildly kidding. But in all seriousness, when will the Detroit Lions matter? When will Minnesota Vikings fans be like, dude, Detroit? They've been giving us problems because I think the answer is never. I, I just don't see it. Even with even with Matt Stafford playing as well as he did, he's injured again. He was playing injured last year. Now he's into his 30s. He's got a big contract, and he's very much in the Kirk Cousins ballpark of lots of cap space with him. Makes it very difficult to get over, and everything they try goes wrong. 
They are as cursed as any team in sports, and we almost don't even talk about them because they don't even have moments where they got close and blew it. Like, think about Cleveland. Ernest Biner had to fumble, or Buffalo had, hey, Buffalo had to Uh, do a lot of things. Oh, God. Hanking a field goal to the left and that (laughs) forward pass and everything else. Uh, But those teams were even there in their history with Detroit. It amazes me that not only are they not there, but I also can't see the path. There are a lot of teams where you could see the path. Let's say with the Giants. Let's say um, Daniel Jones is good, and then next year they're 10-6. and Boom, they're right back in it. Oh, the Giants are good again. With the Lions, it's a really hard sell that they could be anything better than that 9-7 and type of team. I agree. And with the Giants, I will say this. Daniel Jones might be good, but... You got to fix that defense. Like there has to be something to go, and it's the same with Detroit. I think that you just, I think the problem is people like these GMs. They get this notion in their mind of how the team's going to go, and they don't really structure it layer by layer. They don't go, well, this OC is going to fit with this quarterback. They're just like, hey, we're going to get the next hottest OC, and then we're going to pair him with the next hottest quarterback. And sometimes that relationship just doesn't work. And I, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but. When the Peyton Manning thing was going down and they were like, you know, he might come to San Fran, the word that I had heard was that him and Jim just riffed. And it was like they weren't going to get along because they both wanted to run the offense, which makes sense, right? Like a quarterback like that's going to come in and be like, this is what I run. Here it is. A coach like that who played for 20 years is going to be like, this is the offense you are going to run. Thank God they were both smart enough to be like, you know what, dude? Good luck to you. Appreciate you. See you later. I would also say that that's kind of crazy on the part of Harbaugh to not be like, okay, you run the offense because you're the best ever. Right? I mean, Jim, but Jim had a great offense. It was G-Rose. I mean, him and yeah, G-Rose that's were yeah, like that's true. scientists about how they made this. I mean, it was so dazzling. So I could see why he was like, listen, this is this is really what we want to do. And Peyton was probably like, listen, man, I don't want to do that. That's why I'm saying there's so many times where you're looking at this and you're like, it's just not working on this level. The player-to-coach relationship. Like, they're trying to run a different op- – John D. Filippo, mm-hmm. great yeah. example. Yep. Like, it just example. doesn't work. So you know who do you turn and look at? The GM. Dude, what the hell were you thinking? You really thought this guy was going to come in here and change? You, well, let me get this straight. You gave him more power and thought he was going to change. What the hell kind of sense does that make? Like, that doesn't make any kind of sense. Now, I get the offense that he came from, but I think sometimes you have to see through things and be like, dude, I get that you came from this offense, but tell me what you want to do, not what you've been trained to do. Like, I get it. And sometimes coaches, they get that power, and they're like, dude, I got a great idea. You're like, don't ever say that again. <laughs> and and uh, just to tie it all together, this is why it does get hairy after this year for the Vikings. I'm going to say when they lose Stefanski. Someone's hiring him as a head coach that you never know how it's going to be replaced. Sometimes even the uh, best intentions and best ideas don't always end up working out. So let's uh, take a break here, Alex. Actually, before we take a break, tell me what year the Detroit Lions are talked about as a super relevant center. like serious like seriously talking about look at look at their trajectory right now you want a bold prediction at. i want, want a bold one okay 2025 imagine that being a bold prediction like that's how pathetic they are <laughs> that, that that five years out which any team could be i, I mean the the london whatevers could be five years from now and that's but that's legitimately bold. but i think like, it's well, closer five than years you think. they could do it I think it's closer than you think. I think that they're going to be like, listen, we're done with this GM. We're done with this head coach. We're going to find the next guy. We're going to get it right. Because you're right. That fan base is like, hey, man, we're almost about to be soccer fans. We just can't do this anymore. (laughs) We will come to the stadium to watch soccer, but refuse to come to watch football. That's how bad it is. Unless they have uh, fire Matt Millen signs. His, uh, His era 
you know, it feels a long time ago now, but man, it's great. The 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 Matt Millen era where you just draft wide receivers still. And I yeah, I don't know if you ever watched his a football life documentary I where didn't. his his kids are like, he didn't really want to draft them. He actually wanted to draft someone else, but they wouldn't let him. And you're like, Oh yeah, sure, yeah, me too. Yep. Sure yep. did. Yep. <laughs> Okay, let's take a break here, Alex. And when we come back, we got hot routes. I got uh, uh, some things around the league to look at, and I know you're excited. Judd gets very excited for that. Uh, and uh, also, I want to talk to you about this offensive line because they've actually done a pretty good job overall. And do we trust them? We will talk about all that when we come back here. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 588! 397! Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Alex Boone, Judd Zolgad joins Jonathan Harrison producing as always. It is Hot Routes time, and we have a, a late addition to the Hot Routes, because I send them to you guys so you can sort of prepare your answers and get ready. So ramp it up, Jonathan, and it is time. Is that Judd in here? Hey, what's up, Alex what are you, Boone? What are you shy to say hi to me? Don't what's be up? Shy. That caller was talking. I didn't want to interrupt. No, I want to be rude. You no, you can't sneak up on me. Uh, I, I love you. it. No. I heard you. I love guys, it. Good to talk to you. Long right, time no see. Hope, hope you had a great turkey day. Uh, was, you know what? I had my. Uh, I had the rhino bowl. You know how you have turkey bowls? I had a rhino bowl. It's incredible. Incredible. Wait, 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 what? All your family yeah. members? Well, What's no. So you know I coach the kids. John, I called you and told you to come. I was like, you said you turkey should... bowl. Now you yeah. said rhino bowl. Now you're confusing now it's a rhino me. Bowl. And I sent out flyers and everything. 200 donuts, beer, coffee, everything, dude. It's great. Where's my invitation? I, t- I told John to tell you guys. He's like, yeah, yeah, what? I don't know. Where to go, Jonathan? Never heard don't, anything about it. Where to drop the guys. ball, Jonathan? Wow. Way to go, Jonathan. Next year, right. rhino bowl. Right. Next year. Oh, yeah, we're doing a softball game in the spring. You guys in? So, uh, <laughs> heck yeah, if there's beer there. <laughs> oh, lots of beer. Don't worry. <laughs> Judd doing anything sports related is a scary proposition, though. But not beer related. So, this comes from Twitter. We were just discussing what year the Lions will win the Super Bowl, and yes. uh, it's probably 2097 or when we're playing on the moon. Um, but late, <laughs> late add to the hot routes, though. Which team, aside from the Lions, because that's an obvious answer, could you never see winning the Super Bowl? Like, ever in your life? Just can't see it. Miami. Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Sorry. That's fair. Truth hurts. <laughs> I'm going through the standings trying to, because there's a few. There's a Did few. Tampa? Uh, I, I have, Cardinals? I think I have the sneakiest. I have the sneaky one. I've got, actually, the Vikings are going to play this team in a couple weeks. The Chargers. Can't see it. Yeah. I don't think the Chargers will win a Super Bowl. And Cleveland for me. Cleveland, just Cleveland's too think much. Think about how many shots the Chargers had with a great quarterback in Phillip Rivers, and they just couldn't yeah. ever get it done. Yep. What's your team, Jonathan? Just thinking about it now, can I say the Raiders, especially if they move to Las Vegas? Sure, just yeah. too many distractions there, just not going to happen. I don't know, as long as... I, I like John Gruden, but... What about when Mark Davis gets a haircut? Oh. 
Which happens first? <laughs> you know, if we're going to pick on people for bad hair, I'm leaving the studio right now. <laughs> but but you're right to point out John Gruden. So you've at least got a decade where you're pretty safe. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Just like they can't win the Super Bowl. They, they get, they're the team that gets the Super Bowl that gets beat by everyone else. They're the team that gets to the NFC Championship. You're like, who did they beat that year? Oh, Atlanta. Yeah, that was who. That's who they are. I think the Vikings can because they're just good all the time, and eventually yeah, the odds that. have to yeah. come up. But the Lions or the uh, the Falcons, same deal. Good quarterback for a really long time. Got to a couple of Super Bowls and botched them both in really bad Big fashion. Time. Big time. Actually, I'll give you a team that's currently constructed. Ownership cannot. Washington. Yeah. Daniel oh, Snyder yeah. will never that's get. For sure. Awful. Good pick. Awful. Good pick. That um, the best pick. The Bears, because the year will be 2058, and they'll have drafted the wrong quarterback again. Again. <laughs> again in 2058. Although, yeah, yeah, I mean, they could luck into. I, I'm thinking of just true, consistent dysfunction. I mean, they got the, to the, the Super Bowl. The Bears are with Rex pretty Grossman. consistent. Well, the quarterback problem is They'll real. luck into one. Yeah. One point. If you're never going to have a quarterback, imagine how much of a passing league it'll be t- by 2058. <laughs> true. <laughs> Will running back still be a position? I don't think so. Um, okay. Well, there's a lot of teams. Oh, so, uh, a, I the, love the, that question. The Jaguars are brought up. As a team, you just oh never see come it. on, Doug Marone's going to have a long time there. He's going to get all. You're right. Around. As soon as they fire him, they'll have a shot. Um, Cincinnati could also Ooh, be mentioned. There's one. It has been quite a long time since they lost. There's to the a 49ers. lot of candidates for this. Yes, uh, the, there are the, a lot of candidates. This league sad. is every, <laughs> every year. Boy, the NFL has parity. If only the other sports had the parity of this one. Uh, how many franchises could you see never, ever winning in your lifetime? Oh, we've got 16. We haven't even mentioned the Jets, have we? Yeah, the Jets. Oh, the Jets are definitely one. Parody is the stupidest word because what that means is everybody really stinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we're like, parody, every game's even. You watch these games? Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not even. All right, now to the other hot routes. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone, and uh, Jonathan and Judd. Cordero Patterson was named the Special Teams Player of the Month. Nobody should be surprised by that. Old Cordero returning him out there. Uh, where does he rank among all-time returners? I don't know why you just whispered that. And uh, it's sort of cool. I liked it. Maybe you should do that for all names. We'll just, no, we'll just no. be talking along. Steve Young. Steve Young. Um, <laughs> so, And I, I want you guys to tell me who the most fun returner of all time to watch because... Patterson, when a guy can be down 35 points and still celebrate on a touchdown return, <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. you're pretty fun. Where you can wear socks with your own face on them, Cordero Patterson, pretty fun. But more of a freight train when he returned than any other returner. So uh, is he the best ever, and who do you like the most all-time as a returner? Alex, you go first on this one. Dude, number one for me was Josh Cribbs. And getting to watch him and being from Cleveland was awesome. But then I actually got to go work out at the same gym that he was at. And it was like during kind of like school hours. So it was like when all the pros were there. So he was there and he was one of the funniest dudes. I was like, oh my God, this is great. But watching him <laughs> was incredible. Like he, when he had that ball, dude, him and Devin Hester, another guy, yep. Yep. were like, dude, anything is possible right now. You never know. With Cribs, there was the one where the ball scoots by him Buffalo down time, the right? sideline. I don't remember who it was against. It might have been Pittsburgh. Uh, I, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I yeah. want to say it was Pittsburgh. The ball scoots by him, mm-hmm. and he casually kind of walks back toward it as everyone's running at him. You're like, dude, you're going to want to pick up the ball. Yeah, what are you doing? I know, right? And then he picks up and runs it by everyone for a touchdown. Great. He was Locked very up. fun to watch. What about you, Judd? Uh, I am, am going to throw it, kick it back way old school because 
Hester's the obvious one, but I feel like it's too obvious. And I'm going to give you a guy that was an unbelievable punt returner, but also return kicks. And if I'm not mistaken, had local ties. Rick Upchurch of Denver. Oh, Eight punt returns for touchdowns in his career. Eight punt returns, four alone in 1976. Uh, For his career, he averaged 12.1 yards uh, on punt returns, 24.8 on kickoff returns. YouTube Denver Broncos, by the way, in the classic Denver uh, jerseys yes. and helmets, yes. like God intended it, not that stuff they <laughs> oh, wear yeah. now. The old school ones. Oh, the old so school good. ones, which why you would go away from those, I don't know. But YouTube Rick Upchurch returns, and there are some miraculous great 1970s returns in that. Jonathan? Uh, mine would be Dante Hall from the mid-2000s. Yep. Mm. He, had a, mm. he had a two-year stretch where he had four punt returns and three kick returns, and then he just continued his kick return streak after that. He he had a short career, eight years, but man, when you have the nickname Human Joystick, you know you've got some moves, and it's just great. He was a guy on his Madden. His highlight reel's fun. On Madden, you put him in at receiver and yep. then just throw him the ball. That's what Dick Vermeil started doing in his third year and mm-hmm. started working. So I'm going to go with Eric Metcalf, and you can appreciate that one, Alex, and I will tell you why. Uh, my brother and I, we used to love the Cleveland Browns because we had video games and the Browns were good in the early 90s and we would throw it to Metcalf all the time. We would be like playing in the backyard, Bernie Kosar to Metcalf just because he was such a fun player. And in the, I think it was the 89 Divisional Series game, he has a kick return against the Bills that is one of the most exciting that I've ever seen. He's my favorite. But does anybody else, nobody else has the return yard leaders up on their computer, do you? Nope. Okay, I'm going to give you guys at least how many ever guesses you want to try and tell me who leads all-time kick and punt return yards combined. I don't think you'll get it. That's not Devin Hester. And huh? it's by 400, or no, 4,000 yards. Whoa. He's 4,000 yards again it, ahead of the Brian next Mitchell? guy. It is Brian Mitchell. Way Good job. Go. Go. Yes. That was a great guess. I used to be a big Philly fan, too, because they had Runyon. He's a football fan, man. That's right, he is. I used to love watching. And Brian Dawkins. Remember Brian Dawkins? Yes. God, he used to love There's another great football life documentary. He used to come out of crazy. You were like, dude, I want to be that guy. Yeah, he climbed climbed out of there. Deion Sanders is uh, sent in by Chad, of course. I mean, he he had as many many (laughs) 10-yard losses as he had exciting (laughs) ones. But, uh, yeah, he was definitely good at it. All right, uh, our next hot route here. Pro Football Talk tweeted some insanely reckless speculation um, Mm. uh, that he thinks Andrew Luck could play for the Oakland Raiders, now the Vegas Raiders, next year. Yep. I think that's probably going to top any other ideas we have, but I want you guys to give me the craziest, most reckless speculation quarterback-team combo that is at least somewhat realistic. Mine is so simple, and, and this actually makes sense. Tom Brady to the Bears. Oh, that, wow. that was terrible. All right, listen. Tom Brady to the Bears. <laughs> Why does that not make sense? He's done. He's he... done. Cut him off. Whoa. Cut him off. Right. So wait, wait. I'm done or Brady's done? No. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of nonsense was that? You just threw that out all willy-nilly like, yeah, that's so casual. Tom Brady to the Bears? All right, dude. Hey, he and Belichick, I think it's going to break up. It's, uh, yeah, you know, it's something's going to happen years. here. Hey, listen, guys, I'm going to go play one year in Chicago just because. All I marriages did. must end. Okay, you, all right. Matt, what, what, what's yours, Matt? Um, I'm going to go, well, since you picked the Bears, I was going to We put were such a, good friends I, before this, Alex. I was going to put a quarterback with the Bears. I'm going to go Cam Newton to the Chargers is, is the, the, bold, the boldest I can come up with. Uh, the Chargers uh, clearly are 
out of it now. Philip Rivers will probably say, I can't sling it all sidearm and ugly anymore. I'm done. This is it. I got to go have at least six more children. I'm all set. And uh, you always hate him for the kids. I don't, I don't hate a man for having kids. It's just Dude. notable. It's notable. Me? Kids are so fun. Oh, God, they're the best. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many uh, he I'm actually good. has because it's a <laughs> no lot. No kids, I'm good. Uh, but it's like seven. Yeah, they're, seven. But they're a good team. Oh, they're like 11. Derwin James is going to come back. They've got one of the Bosas. They, are, they have yeah. playmakers at wide receiver. Keenan Allen's still a great receiver. They've got good running backs. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, get an offensive lineman here or there, mix one in in the draft, and then get I mean, Cam they, and you're yeah. a great team. How about this, though? How about what Melvin Gordon did to that team? And then the way he came back, and it's almost tainted the team. Like, yeah. I mean, dude. It's been a disastrous situation it's been this an, year. It's it really, and, uh, yeah, it's bad. I'm not going to lie to you. It just, it just looks bad. But I think if they got Cam Newton, could really make things interesting. How about you, Jonathan? I went with the Chargers as well, but it's Tom Brady to the Chargers because you need to inject some fan interest into that team. What mm-hmm. better way to do it? Watch out. But we don't like that, so, that thought. You guys are ridiculous right now. Like, you think Tom Brady's just going to be like, you know what? I've had enough here, guys. I'm out. Peace. I don't think it'll be his choice. I think it'll be Bilicek saying, I've had enough of you taking all the credit for me. I don't think he, uh, At this point, though, they've kind of been together for a while. If Belichick does it, it's because he is that type to see somebody fading. And I'm not relating this to any current situation with the Vikings. <laughs> uh, but uh, to see somebody Jeez. fading and shoot them out back. That's like what... I mean, even drafting Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting uh, Jacoby Brissett, it was pretty clear that Belichick was trying to say, you know, I just don't see the same pop in the old fastball anymore. And then Brady, of I course. I told you know. guys... My conspiracy theory is that Belichick gifted Garoppolo to San Francisco to stop Tom Brady from ending his career right down the street from where he grew up. Hmm. That's right. vindictive. How about yours, Alex? You uh, have had problems with everybody else's. No, Judge, that makes a great point right there. Like I never thought about that. That's actually really smooth. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers by Ooh. way of Scott Turner. Being oh, that's right. Bing, bang, boom. That's right. right. And Jarius Wright. There you go, right? All of a sudden, we're getting this connection. The J. Wright connection. Think about it, dude. You got Christian McCaffrey down there, and he is already scaring the life out of people. Yeah. And then you introduce a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who can get you super hyped up, get a team ready to roll. Bro, are you serious? And he's familiar with that offense. Like He was perfect in that offense. And I think if I had to say one more, it'd be Nick Foles to the Dolphins. It's some, really something's got to happen there with, uh, with Nick Foles. Won't Nick Scott Foles be gone. fired, though, in Carolina? I don't think he will, actually. If they no, hire, survive. Think about if they hire Kevin yeah. Stefanski. Those two worked together before, and the owner has the owner has gone out of his way uh-huh. to make Scott Turner the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And okay. uh, I watched his interview about firing Ron Rivera, and he said they're very interested in Scott Turner as an offensive coordinator, and that's why they wanted to do that. But very possible. There is a lot in front of him right now. Like, dude, you can't screw up these next four games. Now, yes. if you go out there, and I get it, this quarterback is young, but you have a running back that you can lean heavily on. And I'm, I'm just saying that ill-advised. Like, you should be aware of the future with that running back. But you know, if he can go out there and put up a nice record in this December, dude, you could be the OC of this team, and you can go out and get Teddy, a quarterback who you worked extremely well with and have worked with before. Do we think that Breeze is calling it quits? You think he's going to hang around? No, I think he'll hang around. Hmm. I do too. Yeah. If those they don't, guys, if they don't win guys, the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, he's out. Oh, then, then he's probably out. But those guys yeah. usually don't know when to walk away. Hmm. Uh, uh, all right, next question. Ryan Fitzpatrick says he's... Better I love the Alex Boone commentary. You can just <laughs> <laughs> heavy panting would be the uh, closed caption there. I'm just so um, excited. 
Hot routes. Uh, it is hot routes. It's the best. Ryan Fitzpatrick says that he is better now than he has ever been, which is probably true, I guess. I mean, it's about the same in my eye, but... Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it still fits, though. He's still Ryan Fitzmagic. We knew he was going to win a couple games that he should never have any business winning and then lose the rest and play terribly. Yeah. But he is legit one of the most loved people that you will ever run across in the entire NFL. He got along with Deshaun Jackson. He got along with Stevie Johnson. He got along with, you know, players that not everybody did. And they loved Ryan Fitzpatrick. So uh, if I was able to give a Super Bowl ring, like an honorary Super Bowl ring, to one player for just being the best, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're just the best, man. Here's a Super Bowl ring. I want you guys to give me... (laughs) Somebody who's around forever and is just the best, and they get a ring for just being the best. I'm going to say Dan Marino, just because I'm a huge Dan Marino fan. And I feel terrible that he never won a Super Bowl and that he has a ring. And then I got to meet him like two years ago, and he was bigger than me. And I was like, oh, my God, you are huge. He's a large man. He is so, And he was like, hey, kid, how you doing? And I was like, oh, my God, I melted in my shoes. Like, dude, you just called me kid. I feel so awesome. Oh, my God. Him and Bernie. I got to give one to Bernie, Oh, too. Bernie Kozar, yeah. Bernie was my dude um, back in Cleveland. Dan Marino goes under the category. And I'm going to send you this game, by the way, that I was watching the other day from the AFC divisional round between the Bills and Dolphins, where it was before they had coils underneath the field. And it was just snowing, and Dan Marino couldn't stand up. But he ran a touchdown on a naked bootleg because no one expected it. And it's just a bleep show the whole time. And it's super funny. So I'm going to email it to you. But uh, he was one of those guys when I was a producer where you know that certain guests are sort of going to be like, yeah, whatever, just get me on the air. And then some people are going to be really nice. Dan Marino was really super nice to me one time and is in my all-time echelon of the See? greatest people as a he producer Gretzky, to right? call. Uh, Gretzky, was really, Gretzky nice. was really nice to you? Marv Levy was the all-timer. Marv Levy would make small talk with you to the point where you're like, Marv, we were supposed to start this interview like four minutes ago, and you're just talking off the air to me. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Marino goes under those uh, the great people category. How about you, Judd? Again, old-school Vikings guy who deserved it without a doubt. He was a great guy. He was probably as good or even better of a player, Alan Page. God, oh, I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Alan yeah. Page deserves, yeah. deserved and deserves to have a Super Bowl ring. Agreed. And you know what? I was just thinking about Alan Page today because I was thinking about his finger. Because of my... Yeah. I busted up my finger the other day. I was like, man, at least my finger doesn't look like Alan Page's. Because I remember I shook, his, <laughs> I shook his hand one time, and I was looking at it, and I was like, dude, is that thing attached? Like, what's going on in there? And he was looking at me. He was like, pretty cool, huh? I was like, wow. That's incredible. You, are, sir, are amazing. I thought he was it, awesome. I, so I thought of this the other day. Alan Page, uh, sometimes on Saturdays, will tweet pictures of cakes that he makes. Yeah. Am I wrong to say Alan Page might be the greatest human to ever live? I mean, when you you consider the football, so Pro Football Reference has him as the 17th greatest player of all time in terms of his value that he brought to his team, which, I I mean, yeah, sure. Manning is number one. Brady's number two. So, like, sure. And then you add that. uh, Peyton Manning. Okay. And then you add his post-career stuff, which is incredible. And he's got a Medal of Honor. Yep. And, right, is that it? Medal of Honor? And uh, Judicial career. he tweets out pictures of cakes that he can bake. He he won an MVP in what 1970. He was the NFL MVP. 
Which exactly. never happens That's for an a interior defensive, defensive lineman. I was going to say, for a defensive Taylor, lineman, yeah. and even in, like, if you thought of anybody being the MVP back then on the defense, you were probably laughed at. But that monster, bro. Love him. Who are you going with, Jonathan? I went with a guy who played quarterback until he was 38. Granted, most of the rest of that career, the end of it was as a backup. But Randall Cunningham came out of retirement to play with the Vikings. I don't know. He just, it seemed like someone he who deserves to play, who deserves a Super Bowl win just because. The way he played, it was ahead of his time, and I don't know. He came back for the Vikings essentially and brought them to where they ended up in '98. Would have been nice to see them go to the Super Bowl. I'm having trouble with this one because there's just like so many obvious answers that I could give them to from Bills that I grew up watching or so Detroit Lions players. <laughs> okay, I, but let me let me give you a, let me give you a couple that came to mind for me when I wrote the question. One is Barry Sanders. Like, yeah. come on, yeah. oh, give it, give, yeah, for sure. The guy sure. played with Andre Ware and Eric Kramer and got them to the playoffs one year. There's like five Lions, right? All time. Chris Spielman would be another one that would come to mind for me. Billy Sims. Saying? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was first. Thurman Thomas should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl in 1991, and he didn't get it because of a field goal. That was a little bit of a problem. Uh, Doug Flutie is another guy that I thought, how cool would it have been if Doug Flutie won the Super Bowl? Like, just what a great story. Comes in the league, and, and I mean, now, did he get a ring with the Bears as a backup? Probably not. So, I don't know. He spent, he spent like a, no. a minute with them. No, he didn't. Flutie would be one of those guys. And then the Flutie Flakes and all those sorts of things. So, there, I mean, there's hundreds. Flutie but I'll, I'll give you the one guy. <laughs> I will give you the one guy from the Vikings, though, that I would pick that I've covered. Just Marcus Sherrills. Such a, Ooh, gr- such a great a guy. Great the guy. Minnesota guy. Oh. Punt returner. He's what the best. guy. Loved him. He's so nice. <laughs> right. That's along the Ryan Fitzpatrick of like, yeah, I mean, yes. you're, you're not a great yes. player. But, like, you're such a good guy. He was a great dude. Yeah. For sure. Okay, uh, let's see. I closed it out by accident. Now I've got it back up. Last hot route. Duck Hodges. Uh, he's just he's just taking over the world now. The, he's the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Duck. He has a chance to make the playoffs and turn into a pretty fun random quarterback story. How many wins do you guys think if uh, the Vikings would have? If their number three quarterback, Jake Browning, had had to start the whole year, as Duck Hodges slash Mason Rudolph uh, have done in Pittsburgh. How many wins would they have? Uh, I don't know that they'd be going to the playoffs. <laughs> I think that you, for a long time, you could. it would be like, to me, it'd be like the Panthers. It'd be like, hey, listen, how long can your defense stand up and how much can you run the ball and how effective can you do it? And then for how long? How long until both of those crash? So for me, I mean, dude, that whole AFC North has just been upended. I mean, everybody knew Cincinnati was going to suck. I don't know why anybody would draft them in a touchdown lead. That you're behind me, okay? My <laughs> quarterback, you're, you're, who played for you thirty are, years, finally broke his thumb. The one you're talking year he smack doesn't play. Dude, about you, the the, the touchdown saying, lead, but you're behind me. I'm just saying, who thought Drew Brees was going to break his thumb? I mean, come on, you drafted mm. two Bengals players. Oh, a Dude. football player got hurt. Stunning. No, first, a first guy one who's ever never really been hurt except for one time long, long ago. Are you going to answer the question? No, I'm just saying. He's I don't, lamenting his luck. I'm lamenting my luck. Do you luck. remember the question? I don't think they'd be making the playoffs. Okay. There you go. <laughs> what do you think, Judd? I, I had four wins. After a little bit of thought, I'm going down to three. Really? With third-string quarterback? Now, this league stinks, so you're going to beat about three teams. But if you think about, okay, a third-string quarterback, if you give me a backup, I'd probably give you five or six wins, probably five or six. But the third-string quarterback, I think that guy would um, have problems operating without being 
um, basically falling apart on the field. I give him about three wins. I gave him about two. The, basically, the Falcons <laughs> oh, in the, the Washington game. Just like, Ooh. if... If the defense had been what it that had Washington been, game, they yeah. might have lost. That Washington yeah. defense actually played okay. You could see that too. They stink, but they played. If okay. the they only scored had, nine points, if the defense had been at the level Jake they Browning score three. previously had, then I would say more. <laughs> but the defense they have this year, I don't think with a backup quarterback you can get very far. The best part is that none of us have the slightest clue, including me, who watched training camp, if Jake Browning <laughs> could play at all. But he did beat out somebody else who's a current NFL backup for that spot. So I'm just mentioning that. I have six. I think, okay, wow. so let's play this out. Let's yeah. play this out. With, with not Kirk Cousins, yep. Atlanta, you win because they played mm-hmm. horrible and scored 12 points. Fair. Hot take, hot take, hot take. Green Bay, you win because you hand it to Delvin. You do not try You're, to throw you it. You don't yet. rally. Yet, you don't rally. Do you know how Kirk Cousins played in that game? Do you remember Delvin Cook running a 75-yard touchdown? I do. That's how they got back in the game. The defense quits. You give up 35 quickly. They don't quit. They're not going to quit no matter who the quarterback is. They won a game with Sean Hill. Uh, by like the way, the Kirk, Kirk, hey, Cousins, hey, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, I'd love to have Sean on the, uh, on the show. You think he'll um, probably be golfing too? I, What's going on with your buddies, I wondering Boone? which one of us had to go there. Uh, Kirk had a, um, a four QBR in the game against Green terrible, Bay. Yeah. I think they win that game. With not ah, Kirk, because he played really badly. They definitely beat Oakland because their car threw it to nobody. They beat the Giants because, of course, they do. They could still beat Philadelphia in that game. I think they would still have a chance. Definitely beat Washington and probably still beat Denver. Coming back from down 20, no. But Denver is a terrible team, and they still could beat them. They have the top yeah. three running back in the league. Lots of receivers can for him to work ball? with. Can Dalvin throw the ball? Do you probably. think Jake Browning can't like throw a football? No, he probably can. But when you're talking about like coming back against the number yeah, four defense, like you better no, really no, know think, what you're I, doing. Yeah. If we're, you can't just right. go out there like, hey guys, yeah, no, yeah. I'm gonna He's throw not, the post. If they got down twenty, <laughs> yeah. right? If they got down, if you're 20, not coming then, no. back. Dude. I give good credit. I give them a lot of credit. I, I do too. I'm saying that they've had some of these games, uh, like against Washington or against Atlanta or Oakland, where. Uh, you know, as long as you run it pretty well, that team was going to lose that day. And so there you have it. Those are your hot That routes. was fun. Those were hot. I feel like you guys all don't like me now. This is great. Well, well you turned on me. And then I turned on you. I just couldn't believe what I was listening to. I, I think your bitterness. <laughs> I think your bitterness for how bad you are in the touchdown league is hilarious. So I'm I mean, not. I'm not last. So yeah. not that bad. And uh, I've been terrible. I can't talk about this. Um, okay, let's take a break. I want to discuss the offensive line with you guys and whether we trust them. Not, of course, against the Lions. Sure, we do. But you're going to have to play the Packers, and that might be twice. Last time they smoked your offensive line. Do we think they're better now? Because Kirk does. So let's talk about that when we return. Here you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Jonathan, with the Score North download, we'll use to remind you to download the Score North mobile app and register for listening rewards because this month one lucky app user will win a $200 Amazon gift card just for having and registering the mobile app. All you have to do to register for that chance is download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards or listen at scorenorth.com for your chance to win a $200 Amazon gift card. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Uh, really well. I just texted uh, Garrett Bradbury yesterday and just told him I think he's done a really good job for how much we've put on him being a rookie. Uh, you know, He's been tremendous. Um, 
And so, you know, I can go on and on with, with other young players. Alex Madison did a great job. He's done a great job all season, but a little bit of a, a heavier load in the second half against the Seahawks and, and answered the call. Um, even some of our younger receivers, you know, haven't gotten a lot of action, but I've just been impressed with their development as they go through this process through the season. Um, and then obviously Irv Smith, you know, has continued to produce for us. So, um, you know, at this point later in the year, you start to view them not so much as rookies, but just as another, uh, you know, weapon of, of your offense. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zilget, and Alex Boone. And a question for your fellas, you fellas, um, mm. uh, whatever. One to ten. Give me your trust slash belief in the present Vikings offensive line. Let's assume that Riley Reef will be part of it. Who wants to start? I think Anybody? Alex Boone should start since he played okay. the position. All right. All right. You want me to start? You want me to leave yep. this off? Yep. All right. One I, out I, of feel ten. Re- I feel really good. You know why I feel good? Because we have Dalvin. And assuming that <laughs> Dalvin is healthy, like everyone's saying, he'll play. Zimmer, he'll probably play, and he only plays if he's healthy. I'm good. Dalvin's making things really easy for us. Not only that, Alexander Madison's making things easy, too, because when you can replace one with another and it's like, hey, it's actually not that big of a drop. This is kind of nice. That's fun. And then you put on top of that the play fakes and the fact that Kirk can change it up and roll to his left, and a lot of teams don't see that. So when you see it, you're kind of like, what, what, what is this? I mean, that's why when you're looking at that fake, it sells so well because teams don't run it that way. So when you're running the handoff that way, teams are like, this has to be a zone because nobody really boots out to the left anymore. When they boot out, everybody's gone because they're like, dude, this is great. The old line is just reaping the rewards of a lot of this. The play action's making things easier. And not only that, but the fact that Kirk can hit his back foot and the ball's out is making things nice too. Now, feeling not being in, that's hard, but... You see other people showing up. Kyle Rudolph's been showing up a lot. Irv Smith showed up in the, you know, a couple weeks ago. We need him maybe a little bit more. I, I hated how the game ended with him getting that drop. But you know, when you talk about guys that are out there making plays, they're doing what they can and they look good. Okay, fair enough. That scheme and other players around the offensive line are helpful. Right. We have seen though people, other teams, be able to blow up this offensive line. They just haven't faced them in a while with the right. uh, with the defenses that they've gone against. The Seattle Seahawks have one really good player up there, and he did some damage the other night. And aside from that, they've just got guys. Right. And uh, you know that's been kind of the case for a lot of the teams that they've gone against, but this is why the Packers matchup is going to be so interesting, because the Smiths, Kenny Clark, like they're all going to come to play, and now you have to really believe in your offensive line. And the last time, Alex, they found a way to scheme to eliminate some of those bootlegs, and I think that scheme takes you so far, but if you don't block effectively for Kirk Cousins, when you're in third and seven and it's the end of the game and you're down by four points or something, you need those guys to just stand in and block, and I'm not entirely sure that I'm there yet on trusting them. I agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of that comes back to like fundamentals, right? And you see a lot of these old lines right now are just getting torn apart because guys are doing dumb things. They're not setting at the same depth. They're not sliding in the same you know speed. They're sliding in different directions. Like I've seen this year more guys make like I don't know how you would say miscommunications up front than I've ever seen. Guys both sliding away from a three technique. That's like wait a minute, what? Like that just doesn't happen. You're a professional. You're not supposed to mess that up. So. I think you've seen this team taking steps to correct it. Early on, it was like, man, these guys are getting picked apart with these twists and things are getting home. That's still kind of showing up. 
I think that when you're looking at the rest of the schedule, I feel okay with it. I'm like, hey, listen, Detroit, yeah, keep snacks on the field. You're fine. Then you go to the Chargers. That could be a tough game, but I like Rashad Hill, even if you don't have Riley Reeve. I think at times Rashad Hill could play better than Riley, and that's maybe just my opinion. No, I don't think you're wrong about that. As a pass blocker, I trust Rashad Hill more. Long arms. Dude, he's so good with them, too. Arms. And they're yeah. strong. That's one thing you don't see. Like, if a guy has long arms, normally they're long and lean, so they're not strong. Or they're short and stubby and strong. So for him to have – and you know what it is, too? Because I used to go against him, and I used to hate it. Because, you know, you like you have the warm-up to practice, and then oh, the old yeah, line yeah. goes over and does the shoots, and everybody laughs. Look at that fat guy's in the shoot. Like, how do you know that? We're not idiots. You think we don't laugh at you guys? Too, we used to. Oh my god, the things we used to say were hilarious because nobody ever comes over to us. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, so but I used to go against (laughs) him in the past, bro, and he would shoot his hands so hard. You were like, dude, stop. That is just unnecessary. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to. Like, it's just nice guy. He's so naturally strong, and you're like, man, when this guy gets more fluid, and by fluid, (laughs) I mean like less robotic. He could be one of these left tackles that plays for a very long time. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> he was a, he was a guy. That Sorry, they, I didn't mean to do that. What? No, Rashad Hill apologizes. He's, he's a I very polite great. guy. Very nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> with with Rashad, it, it's interesting that he's been thrown into two games this year, yep. and both games he's allowed zero pressures, and that's just coming cold off the bench. Well, Riley's hurt. You got to go in, and he did a terrific job overall. Zimmer said, "Well, you know, in the run game, he wasn't as good." Uh, sure, and I get that. But you, like Alex said, you have a running back who can overcome that. Two running right. backs who can overcome some mistakes by a left tackle in the run game. But if he was allowing Jadavian Clowney to go smack Kirk in the face, it just would have been over. And to have him there is a is a pretty um, pretty important piece of this offensive line. Overall, Judd, I would put the trust in the entire offensive line not super high. Higher than it would have been earlier in the Scale season. Scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, I want to know what, ten, what a 10. I would be much more around a 4 for, for trusting the entire offensive line. I think line. that's actually fair. I was, th- I was thinking you'd say more of like a six or seven, but okay. But here, here's why I don't, okay? Quickly. Okay. Yep. It's not, the, it's not the edge guys that scare me. It's when this team faces really good interior D lines that scares me because that's where that pressure is on Kirk instantly, and I don't know that you really have fixed that completely. So I'm with Collar here. I agree. A four. I, I think that one of the things that doesn't, and this is, this is just me thinking like as a football player, if I'm going into a game, the one thing that's scaring me right now is we don't have Thielen, right? So teams are going, hey, listen, instead of having to play some crazy zone because we have to defend against three really good people, right? I'm, I'm including Rudy in that because he's showing up in clutch situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now all of a sudden it's like, well, now we only have to defend two guys. So now we can send a little more pressure. So that's when the core is going to be tested because now you see like these defenses. And I love how like boogers, like, yo, look at this crazy defense. There's two linebackers walked up in the A-gap. You're like, dude, that is like remedial. Seriously? Like my mom knows how to defend against that. He's like, this is crazy stuff. <laughs> You're like, what is going on with Booger? He's losing it. But it's, it's, it's going to put pressure on the core because that's where guys are going to start twisting. And that's where all the exotic things happen is in the middle now. It used to happen on the outsides. And then teams were like, wait a minute, we're wasting all this time not even getting to the quarterback. Let's put everything in the middle where the guys that can't really pass rush, they're just there to block. They can't get back. They don't know what they're doing. 
Let's attack the core. And that's what teams are starting to do. But when you have Thielen on the field, you can't really do that a lot. You have to be really strategical. When you don't have Thielen on the field, teams are like, hey, man, we can really attack these guys more. Let's go after them. And I'm looking right now at, uh, in terms of the PFF grades, which Alex is so high on, but Bradbury is still, despite his improvement, one of the lower-graded pass-blocking centers in the NFL. And in terms of just interior offensive linemen, Pat Elfline is right there in the same ballpark with him. Those two guys are the reason that I wouldn't entirely trust the offensive line because I think that they can be taken advantage of. But I'll tell you, you're bringing up another player that's an outside force in Thielen. Well, I would bring up Kirk Cousins for a reason. I don't trust the offensive line, which is a little weird. But when they talked about whether it was Jack Del Rio or Mike Zimmer, him not moving on that last play and just sort of throwing the ball out of a clean pocket entirely to a guy that was blanketed, wasn't open at all on the final play, he does not really move unless you design him to move, unless you draw on the piece of paper in the notebook, here's how the play works, you roll out over there. Unless you do that to him, he won't move, and interior pressure just has a a way of getting to him. And if you're going to go into the playoffs... You're going to play teams with guys that can give you a push up the middle. If the matchup is going to go against Green Bay, then we're talking about a game at Lambeau where those two guys in the middle, and throw Josh Klein into this too because he doesn't have a particularly great resume against the pass either, against Kenny Clark, against Zadarius Smith, who's been eating people up. And all you need, if you're Green Bay, you go into that game and you go, "Let's, let's get him once up the middle. And then all day he's going to be checking down to CJ Ham. Right. And we just haven't seen them play many teams that have been able to do that because they don't have the players. Like you mentioned, Detroit. Is there any doubt they're going to score 40 points against Detroit this week? They just have a bad defense. They get no pressure. They're the perfect team to get smoked by the Vikings. But the rest of the teams down the stretch, you, you get the Bears, you got uh, the Chargers who have some good players. And then if you got to go to Lambeau, that's going to, that's going to be really tough. So my trust is not super high. I mean, I get what you're saying, and and you make great points because when you talk about the pressure up the middle, that's the one thing that's like kind of new to everybody now. Is they're like, why are all these guys getting all these sacks? And it's because you're seeing more disruptive three techniques, right? Like people want to be more like Aaron Donald and less like uh, Pat Williams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You're talking about two completely different guys, but now all of a sudden, all these big defensive tackles are like, hey, wait a minute, now I can be really cool. Like if you ever noticed. Linville will stay on the field for most of the game. Like yes. He refuses to come off. Now, I've played with Linville, and I know he's extremely competitive. So I know that, number one, he's like, yo, as a man, I have a lot of pride, so I don't want to walk off this field. I can respect that. But, two, it's because on third down, he does have a little shiftiness. And I used to, like, people would ask me before the game, they'd be like, yo, what's up with Linville? I'd be like, yo, listen, don't sleep on that, dude, because he's quick when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they would, like, look at me, and they'd look at him, and they'd look at me, and they'd be like, Oh, he really? can get after the passer, yeah. I'd be like, dude, I'm telling you right now he's got a nasty club and it comes with some sweet feet and you don't <laughs> want to be a part of it and and it was like clockwork in the third quarter everybody was finally like fall asleep on him and he would just hit them with and i would like start laughing like dude i warned you but and it's it's this new age of if we push the middle of the pocket the quarterback will get so spooked that he doesn't he's gonna like try and run around the tackle right into a sack you know i mean it's yes. just, and it's true 
You see these quarterbacks, they're like, dude, you guys are stepping on my toes, and as soon as I go to take the corner, the defensive end just pulls me down. And it's working in droves, and people love it. And a lot of it is, even if it's not two great D-tackles, it's the exotic things in the middle, the zero nose with two linebackers, and everybody's picking each other and twisting. It's all over the place. Crazy. Love it. I do fat guys, though. I don't. Alex, I miss fat guys. Well, I mean, I miss We talked about them, but yeah. Ted Washington... Pat Williams, Jerry Ball. Come on, you gotta miss. You gotta miss that anchor fat guy. Those guys were the greatest. I played with Abreu Franklin, and I'm not sure how much you guys know about him, but he was a big old boy in the middle, and he he was another one. He was like the Linval before the Linval. You know, he was the guy in a three four defense that could be your zero nose, but could also stay in on third down and like rush the passer. And you were like. That dude can rush the passer. Like, I can't, remember Kentuan Balmer from NC State? We he, he played with us in San Fran. He was another big guy that they thought was going to be like an Abreu, but just never panned out. And but was just fat instead. He, he, well, no, he was just... Pat could rush. Pat could move. Dude, I, you, know, you know another one, too, that I think of is like Kevin. Like, even Kevin oh, was considered Kevin was a good. big tackle. Yep. But I remember, and I've said this story before, but I, I slept on him. My God, I still have nightmares about what that did. I mean, he was laughing, too, and it was like, it's so hard when you're so young in this old gear. Looking at this old guy like, dude, what is going on? What the hell did I forget today? My Wheaties? Nuts. <laughs> Kevin, was, Kevin was so good. Oh, so Kevin good. Kevin was a fantastic player. Yeah. And, and, and remember when he got cut in the preseason game by Joe Looney, and it like almost tore his ACL? And remember it was, uh, he came back to, to – uh, Kevin was chasing the quarterback, and Joe came back to cut him, and yeah. it twisted his knee. I remember after the game, they were like, "Yo, where is he?" Like the whole team tried to fight Looney, the whole Vikings team. I was like, "Dude, calm down. It was an accident." They're like, "Nah, dude, that's Kevin. Like, you don't mess with Kevin." Hmm. I was like, "What is going on right now?" Like, <laughs> Zanarchy was an accident, guys. Crazy. Um, let me uh, let me switch gears with you guys and ask about tonight's game and whether you care about it. Uh, okay, that's the question. Do you care about it, Judd? Dallas and Chicago. Dallas has become such a dumpster fire that I absolutely do care because I, I care to see how Jason Garrett is going to mismanage and be dysfunctional tonight. So I've actually they they've jumped the shark so badly they're 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 like the bad film that you're watching and you're like this film stinks I'm gonna stop watching and then eventually you say this is so bad it's now good that's my Dallas feeling I love the fact that it's dysfunctional I feel like it's the same way on the other side with the Bears yeah? like the offense like you could it's such a dumpster fire you're like wow this is almost intriguing to watch is there any possibility it's gonna leave this door open I think I know where you're going that. Well, on Thursday night or on Thursday last Thursday Thanksgiving, yep. um, Mitch Trubisky had a great game, know, which yeah. everyone does against Detroit. Yep. But that all of a sudden Trubisky finds his confidence and starts playing really well on a collision course with the Vikings in Week 17 for I don't know. And can I give you what this is, position? guys? This is Christian Ponder. Was it 2012 where the Vikings actually won the last game of the regular season at the Metrodome against the Packers, made the playoffs. Ponder got hurt and couldn't play in the playoff game at Lambeau, but that's what saved Ponder. Those last four games, he wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. And, of course, Spielman and those guys are like, well, there might be something here. If I play for the Bears, I'm having nightmares right now that the Bears might be like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Going into 2020, we got to see. Yeah, I want to. well, I, I want to see two things. I mean, one, is Mitch Trubisky going to be their quarterback next year? If he is, then write them down for third or fourth in the division, more likely than not, because their defense is really great again this year. Is it going to continue to be great for years and years and years? As we know, that's very hard to do. Um, but 
I want to know what type of Chicago Bears team you're going to be facing in Week 17. We don't know at this moment how much Week 17 is going to matter. It could end up mattering to the Minnesota Vikings. Chicago last year went in with Trubisky not playing very well Week 17, and he completes some huge third-down passes and beats the Vikings, and they held down you know Cousins, and by the end of the game, your team's melting down and Chicago's laughing at you. Um, or is it going to be... A whooping by Dallas. Trubisky plays bad again. And then the, the Chicago is destroying the Bears. And by week 17, they just want Nagy fired. They just want everybody gone. They want Trubisky gone. And the Bears walk in here similar to the way they did in 2016, where they just had enough. What, what, which way do you think that goes, Alex? I don't know, but I think that however it goes, it's going to be based off tonight. That's a great observation because... This is the momentum swing that most teams are catching, right? And you're either going to catch it now and you're going to run with it as far as you can, or it's done. In a Thursday night game, like a, what better way to test you? And I think you're right. Even though it was Detroit, I'm not, we, we beat a team. We're not like, hey, guys, that was Cleveland. We can't get that hyped on it. You're like, dude, we just won. All right. Let's just, <laughs> let, let's be really excited. We won a game in the NFL. So if you can do two, and especially on a Thursday against America's team, I think you're right. Like you could see a little bit of a, change like this team and then all of a sudden you talk about Akeem Hicks is starting to practice again Mm -hmm. right like what that guy does for that defense and I said it on Tuesday he is a huge spark for that defense and not only that but that team but if they don't come into this game prepared and ready and win and they lose in their season tanks I'm wondering does Matt Nagy stay and Ryan Pace goes or do they both go? I mean, I don't know if anyone's really given Matt Nagy a fair shake. Like, dude, you were kind of given a crappy quarterback when you came from a really good offensive system. That's really not fair in anyone's – like, could you see him staying maybe and then being like, listen, why don't you help us pick the next GM too while we're at it? Do you think – so if you played guard for the Bears, and you know what, Trubisky, as Collar said, Thanksgiving Day game was pretty damn good. Are you thinking to yourself, man, he might be turning a corner, Alex? Or are you thinking, oh, my God, no, he's going to tease these guys. These morons are going to believe what they see, and there's a chance we're going to start 2020 with this joker as our quarterback. I think I'm more that direction, and I think I'm more like, God, I hope we win tonight, but by, like, a Buffalo Bills score, you know, like 13-10, to a 12-10 to game where you're like, dude, we're winning, but everyone clearly sees that it's our defense doing it. Our defense is carrying us, and then all of a sudden we're going to get another key piece to our defense, and all of a sudden we're going to take off. You know, it's just, I don't think that, I mean, he's had, Last year was I feel like that was their chance when that yes when that double doinked everybody was like dude that was it boys I'm sorry like that quarterback took you as far as you wanted to go and you guys were so close and we're really sorry but you'll try again in 30 years but yeah. it's <laughs> because you don't have a quarterback and you're going to continue to get on this Ferris wheel like maybe this will be the year maybe it's not guys I'm sorry he wasn't really like a stellar player in college what he played one year. Yeah. Did he even have like it was fourteen only starts. It wasn't even that great. I'm sorry. What do you want? You you at some point you have to be like, listen, we've thrown enough money in this bucket. We got to let it sail, and we got to move on. And for your problems, we have to let Pace go too, because he was the one that made that decision. Okay, I've got a fun scenario for you guys. Let's say you're the Vikings and and you're in position going into Week 17. There's nothing you can do. You win, you lose. You're going to Lambeau. Doesn't matter. And uh, you, you know what your fate's going to be. You got some players who are still dinged up. Delvin's shoulder doesn't move, and you know you want to make sure Thielen's healthy and all those things. Right, right. Would you? 
I'm not saying intentionally tank, but not play no. anyone at all, any starters whatsoever the whole game, and hope that Trubisky beats you 50 to nothing. So then they're like, Trubisky, that last game was really great. We should keep him. <laughs> no, it's not a Madden game. You can't. This isn't a Madden franchise. Where but you, you can, just, can put in players no. who are in no you, way capable of winning the game. Yeah, you, you can do that. But you can't also be like, hey, guys, let him score. Let, let, let no, no, no. You're not telling them to let him score. Well, you're, you're just saying your that backup, Chris Boyd can't really play in the NFL yet. So you're like, not being let's competitive. Just give him a shot. I mean, anybody on the Vikings team is gonna on that defense is gonna be prepared to win a game. For not you. guys who've never played before. Uh, even eh? those guys. Okay, so let me give you an example of this happening. <laughs> yeah, who are gonna start? But this happened last year, and not not exactly the same. But the final game of the season with the Panthers and the Saints, where Bridgewater started, mm-hmm. and they played absolutely no one and got completely trounced, thirty three to fourteen. Didn't matter at all. And Carolina got very high on Kyle Allen, who they kept around and lost a bunch of games for them this year. This is playing 3D chess, guys. This is how you do it. I think you've got into a whole new analytics that <laughs> is like, sign him up right now. Right. By the way, no, this can is we psychological get one warfare. Friend, oh, this is even more. Oh, I got you. Can we get <laughs> one of your friends from PFF to come on someday? They come on every week. You're just We just did it around you because we didn't want you to get upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> But yes, we can, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. We can do that next week. My I'm guests sorry. won't be golfing. <laughs> wow. What, do you, what did I have to do with this? not my fault. Uh, I said well, central yeah, time. I, I mean, yeah. what, is that, what does CT stand for? I don't I, know. People yeah. do struggle with that. Um, let, me, let me ask you guys. What, one, they, what do you mean struggle? Thing. He lived here. They, he was in the central yeah, time. But once you leave, what is he in L.A. now? Then, I don't know. You know it's this, somewhere sunny. It's very, probably drinking wine somewhere. Very, I don't want to talk yeah, to you very guys. Very different. Very different. Several wines in. Um with real quick, with Adam Thielen, since I brought him up, you don't want him to play this week, right? Zimmer had comments. Oh, he's going to come back, but no, he says that about everyone. No, no, I think not. he might be done for the season. Whoa, dude! Whoa. He didn't, didn't practice today. He's not. It, he has a setback every single time he tries to run, Alex. I know, and I think I think that sometimes this has always been my big theory is sometimes when you're in a, like a key situation with like a hamstring, you'll say, and you're under a lot of stress. I think the body doesn't react as well as it should. And they say that like professional athletes heal faster, dude. I'm going to be honest with you, that's not really true. We're just like, hey, listen, dude, it's been two weeks. You've sat out long enough. Got it? Let's go. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, here we go. I'm ready to go then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Sometimes when your body is under a lot of tension and stress, you need to just like let it go, man, mm-hmm. dude. You need to go heal somewhere. It doesn't need to be like, hey, we'll check in on Monday and see if he's good because then the body's like, got to be ready by Monday. Got to be ready by Monday. You know, it's just that's always been my biggest mental thing because I've seen guys that weren't that came back too soon and you're like, man, this is not good. We have seen it a handful of times here. Alex, thanks as always for your time. This was very always fun. A pleasure. See you, Alex. We will do it again you, uh, next Tuesday and Thursday and. Yes, we will make sure that we get someone from PFF to talk with Alex and explain to him how their offensive line grades work and that he had good grades during his career. Um, Thank you, Judd. You're coming up with Mackie and Rami. We'll uh, catch you tomorrow on Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.